Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. I am Eric J. Olson, your host for this live episode of the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview America's top managing partners to find out how they're running their firms, how they're growing their firms, and what they're doing to keep their case pipeline full. And today I have with me Daniel Dannenbaum. Hey, Daniel. Hi, Eric. Good. Thank you. Well, Well, thanks for making the time. I appreciate it. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. For more than 25 years, people throughout Northern Virginia and Washington, D.C. have relied on Dan and to work hard on their behalf and provide them effective representation in their family law matters, including divorce, separation agreements, and child custody issues, and to provide effective mediation and other forms of alternative dispute resolution. A graduate of Harvard University, George Washington Law School in the top 5% of his graduating class, Dan has been practicing law for 31 years. That is incredibly impressive. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you, Eric. Good to be here. Well, again, appreciate you making the Tom, can you tell the audience a little bit more about you and your firm? Sure. I'm from Philadelphia originally and uh, moved down after attending Harvard University to the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area to go to law school at George Washington. And I stayed. I've been here as a lawyer now for 31 years. Now I'm practicing in the D.C., Northern Virginia area. I re- originally was in D.C., Washington, D.C. I had my offices and then I moved about 12, 13 years ago out to uh, Northern Virginia. I'm, here, I'm currently in Arlington, Virginia, right at the courthouse above the courthouse metro block from the courthouse, which I like very much, very convenient. And uh, my clients seem to like the fact that I'm very close to a courthouse. I think that um, my area of practice is family law. I do every aspect of family law that there is from divorce cases primarily, but post-divorce issues that come up, child custody, child support, prenuptial agreements, postnuptial agreements, do a little bit of mediations too as well. So just all areas of the uh, family law uh, ambit that we have uh, in our practice. That's great. Northern Virginia is my old stomping grounds. That's where I grew up. I'm now in Virginia Beach, but I know the area well. So when it comes to family law, I've heard from different managing partners that, uh, you know, different results based on the pandemic. Some have said it slowed down for them. Some have said that uh, business has picked up. It sounds like maybe right now it's actually picking up as we're exiting the pandemic. What, what have you seen as a result of the pandemic as far as, you know, basically business and demand for your services? Yeah, I've seen an increase in demand since the pandemic started, really. I think uh, the fact that people were confined to a, a small quarters in a, in a home uh, may have exacerbated some of the underlying tensions in uh, families and marriages. So we see, I've seen a lot of divorce cases come out of the pandemic, more so than in previous years. And the other side of the coin is that the, the courts have been very closed down for a while and, and running very slowly. So we have a lot of cases that we've filed in courts that are not being heard very quickly. So there's a backlog in the cases. So there's a very much of a pipeline now of cases that should have been heard during the pandemic and now are starting to be heard in court. And then there are cases that were filed during the pandemic that have yet to be heard. So it looks like the future is going to be a lot of uh, litigation as we work ourselves through that that pandemic pipeline that kind of backed up in courts. Are you seeing some trends in your practice area in regards to things like increase or decrease in mediation, the alternative dispute resolution? 
resolutions, uh, things like that? Yes. And that's been a trend that's been going on really since I started practicing law in the family law area in the last 26, 30 years. Mediation back then was really not something that you immediately looked at doing. And now I would say in almost half the cases I have that mediation is something that, first of all, ethically, we're required to mention and explain mediation in our first meetings with clients. And I do so very much so. And I encourage it. It often is a better way and less expensive manner to uh, resolve matters and uh, less time consuming, especially now that we have to wait a long time to get into court. Even more so, mediation is really the the better way to approach these cases, particularly when custody is involved. There are also co-parent counselors that we recommend that people go see and try to work out their differences through a professional child psychologist who deals with uh, high conflict custody matters. So these are all areas that really have taken much to the forefront of litigation because litigation has become litigation being going to court to resolve the issues that you have as opposed to going to a mediator or a judge mediator to resolve your issues. It's much less expensive and much less time consuming. Speaking of judge mediators, that seems to be the latest trend as well, that retired judges have now uh, left the bench and gone on to be mediators. And they often bring with, I call it like Moses coming down from the mountain with his tablets and telling you what to do in your case. They have a lot of background, obviously, and a lot of, you know, imprimatur behind what they say because they were judges and they continue to be judges. They sit occasionally on the bench. So they're very helpful in terms of getting a case mediated, settled at a less expensive and less time-consuming, less stressful manner, more amicable, uh, and going forward, a better way to co-parent than being in court and having all the dirty laundry come out and uh, things said that you, you know, you can never put back in your mouth. Yet mediation uh, is not always successful. And in those cases, we, uh, the only other alternative we have is to, uh, is to go to court and uh, put on our case and, and have a judge decide these issues. Uh, and that's, uh, I'd say, you know, 50% of the cases are where a judge actually has to decide some or all of the issues. Something interesting that you, interesting to me, something you just said, and I, I never picked up on it before, but you go to court, it's public record, you do mediation, it's not public record. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct for the most part. So if you're in court, there's a transcript of everything you say. And that transcript could be put on the internet, it could be spread all over the world, unless there's unless the file happens to be sealed by the court, which is very unusual, actually. If you're in mediation, everything said in mediation stays in mediation. And that's the, it's the law of Virginia. We can't raise anything that's said in mediation in a courtroom, for example. Uh, and that allows for the candor to occur during mediation so that we can actually make progress. And it, we don't feel like we can hold back. We need to hold back because something may yeah. be said against us. So yeah, that's very much true. The mediation is a is a nicer setting in that it, it's, it's more confidential. I would think that would be preferred by those who want to keep their dirty laundry private. Uh, but I would also imagine that those that have an ax to grind don't want that privacy. They want to get it all out in the open. That's very much true. I mean, yeah. uh, people do want their day in court. Um, yeah. And that's more of an emotional thing. And But if they do have a lot of uh, anger and, and they want to express that, it's certainly a better forum for them to be in a courtroom than in just a mediation office uh, in somebody's law office to express that kind of uh, emotions that are that are very deeply held in these cases and and rightly so in many cases so but you're right having your day in court is very important to a lot of clients yeah hey there this is eric j olson the ceo of array law if you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company reach out you can find us online at arraylaw.com or call us at any time 757 757- Three 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 zero two one.
You know, I, I was speaking with a managing partner of a family law practice earlier today. And one of the things that he relayed to me was that it's a difficult practice area. There's a lot of emotions. As a human being that's empathetic, it can, can kind of get to you after a while. You've been practicing for 31 years. I'm guessing that's happened to you um, probably on multiple occasions. How do you kind of deal with, with the, the struggles of your clients? Well, you really take it on, you know, very personally too. I mean, you, I've been divorced twice. I've gone through it. And I think that brings that lends me some uh, uh, empathy with what my clients are going through. I do, I try to be empathetic. I try to listen very closely to what, what they're saying and try to help them. Obviously, I'm not a counselor, but I do recommend that oftentimes my clients do go to counseling uh, to help them through this very stressful event and traumatic event in their lives. So, but I try to stick to, you know, keeping it legal, our conversation so that I, I tell them everything they need to know. I express all, I, I answer all their concerns. I ask them, you know, what are the three things that keep you up at night. And I want to address those so I can try to you know, maybe make you feel better or, but I certainly will tell you the truth. I'm not going to put yeah. this, you know, with rose colored glasses on. I'm going to tell you the good, bad, and the ugly. But my clients tend to leave that, especially that first meeting, just with a lot of knowledge of that they didn't have coming in. And they're very appreciative and they feel much better going out than they did come in, coming into the office. I know the feeling, not not from a family law perspective, but personally uh, talking to my business lawyer when I've had a complicated issue and I'll go in, I'll speak to them and I come out feeling like everything is going to be okay. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. It, it's a nice feeling as, as a client to feel that way. You know, speak, speaking of clients, being in practice again for 31 years, which by the way is amazing. Congratulations. I, I'm guessing a, a lot of your clientele comes from referrals and your reputation and being in the community. What are some other ways that you go about getting the attention of potential clients? All right. And let me just say one thing. I, I've been a family law, family law lawyer for 29 years. I've been a practicing lawyer for 31 years. So just want to make that clear. The potential, uh, the ways that I obtain clients are manifold. One is certainly through word of mouth. Having been in this, doing this for 29 years, I ha I've had thousands of clients. So I have a lot of referrals from past clients. I'd say that's my best, my base of clientele coming in. Uh, obviously, I have a, a website and that helps, I think, bring new people in people who are new to the area. I, f I find a lot of people who are moving here. They go on the website, they read the, the website and then reach out to me. I tend to be very accessible. I give everybody my cell phone number, tell them to call me anytime, day, night, or weekend. I like to have real time back and forth with the client. So if they uh, they need me at, at eight o'clock at night or you know on a Saturday, they can feel free to call me. I think that helps my practice too. Yeah. They know that they can always have somebody to talk to if they need immediate help. So that helps. Other ways, I have other attorneys who refer me cases. I actually happen to work in a in an office where we share space with other attorneys who practice different areas of the law. So I, there's a criminal lawyer here who's been doing this for 43 years. There's a business law lawyer who's been practicing for 43 years as well. There's a, a, a guy who does trust in the states and he's been doing this for 20 plus years. So we all sort of feed off each other in terms of if I have a criminal issue that comes about in my case, I can send them over to my, the criminal lawyer who can handle that. Or if they have a business aspect to their case, I have a business lawyer right here who can handle that aspect of their case. And also, they also will have criminal clients and personal injury clients as well who may have a family law issue or their uh, their friends or their family have a family law issue. So they will refer clients over to me. So we all, because we've practiced into all these different areas, including as I say, personal injury, we're able to do a lot of cross-cross marketing. So that helps a lot too. Also, the place where I'm at is right at the core 
Courthouse. So I'm a block away from the Arlington Courthouse and about 15 minutes away from the Fairfax Circuit Court. So I think, and also the Alexandria Circuit Court, again, it's a 15, 15 minute drive there. So I think this location and being on top of the Arlington Metro, Courthouse Metro, is also very beneficial to me and to my practice and to obtaining new clients. That's great. What, what are some things that you've done in the past from a marketing perspective that, that you realize haven't worked out very well and, and you stopped doing? Well, you know, at one point I was I was attending sort of seminars with other businessmen of a variety of where they worked in a variety of businesses. Uh, and it was uh, sort of a networking a group that met every, every business business meeting for breakfast once a week. And I did that for a while. And I found that that was really not working for me. And it was also taking me away from, from the, my business and my clients who needed me during that time. Um, so I tried that for you know a few weeks and I just felt that that was really not working. And it was it was actually a negative. So I stopped doing that, obviously. Yeah, so th- I've heard this before, kind of like a BNI or a chamber of commerce. Um, it's, it's one of those things like you, it's great to go there. It's great to to be informed and to get to know some of the people. But when it's a recurring thing with the same group of people, it, the return on investment um, can decline over time, right? Yes, that's what I found. Yeah. But I didn't get, I as I said, I learned that pretty early on uh, the first three meetings or so. And I figured, I guess we're all just showing up and trying to get each other's business, but it doesn't really work very well. If you had to predict the next couple of years for your practice, where do you think you're going? Well, I see growth for sure. Certainly the more clients you, you have, the more clients you're going to get in the future. And uh, also with my colleagues too, they they see an increase in their business. Although personal injury has suffered a little bit uh, with fewer people driving and fewer people uh, out, you know, out on the roads, biking and whatnot. But I think in my practice, it's really, they say it's recession proof and it tends to be, in fact, you sort of see maybe an uptick with people when they feel the stress of financial strain. Uh, they tend, to, things tend to uh, break up. They inc- there's an increase in debt and there's more stress in the marriage. So yeah. I often see during uh, during periods of when there's economic slowdown, I see, I see that the family law practice actually does increase. So being that it's recession proof and I seem to have built up a lot of uh, you know goodwill over the years, uh, fortunately, uh, through word of mouth, through clients' referrals, through other lawyer re- referrals, through my website, I just see that there will be growth in the next three to five years. Good for you. I'm guessing you'll stay yeah. in the same location because it sounds like the location is a, is a prime location. Yes. And and the, the lawyers here have been at this location for over 30 years. So a lot of people out there just oh. simply show up at the door and they say, I'm looking for a, a lawyer because they know <laughs> that we're here and we're a block from the courthouse. So they, you know, they get served with papers, they go to court, and then the next stop is over here to our office, which is just literally down the street. I mean, it's a two minute walk to the courthouse in Arlington. So I think there's goodwill associated with this particular yeah. building. So we intend yeah. to stay here for a long time. That's pretty interesting. I haven't heard of a lot of walk-in clients yeah. as far as like, you know, lead sources for law firms. But uh, yeah, but when you've been there for so long and it's it's well known that there's a lot of different kinds of lawyers that can help you with a lot of different things there, that's the place to go. That's really interesting. Yeah. Definitely a good spot. And I thrive on that too. I'll tell uh, my clients at the end of representation that, you know, consider me to be your legal resource. So yeah. if you or any friends of yours have any issues relating to any area of the law, you know, have them call me and I'll try to get them, if I can't help them, I'll try to get them to the best lawyer I can can find for them, give them some names and describe the type of lawyer they are and their personalities and whatnot. And I think that's helpful to clients. They feel as if, well, they have a certain somebody that they can use as a resource. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've said in the past, there, there's nothing better than a, a new client, but if that's not going to happen, to refer the client to someone that I know. Absolutely. To a good lawyer. That's, to a good lawyer. There you go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, Dan, I appreciate your time. It's late in the afternoon for us as we're recording this. So I let you go in a second, but 
uh, if someone would like to reach out and ask you questions or maybe they have a case for you, what is a good way to get in touch with you? Well, of course, I answer my cell phone all the time, 24-7. So you can call me at 703-405-4899. You can visit my website, which is Dannenbaum Law. It's D-A-N-N-E-N-B as in boy, A-U-M as in Mary, L-A-W, DannenbaumLaw.com. And the website has an area where you can actually chat with somebody and send me an email. And I will respond very quickly to those emails and get back to the potential client and talk about their case immediately. Uh, Very nice. So, Well, Dan, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. All right, everybody else, if you you would like to check out more episodes like this one, our entire backlog is at ArrayLaw.com slash podcast. We have over 150 interviews organized by practice area and by state, so you can find exactly what you're looking for. And if you are looking for digital marketing, my firm, Array Digital, focuses exclusively on digital marketing for law firms like yours. We are at ArrayLaw.com and we have more information about our services such as website design, SEO, online advertising, and social media. Dan, thanks so much. Thank you, Eric.